Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown 49ers. The 53-man roster is set, and the season is... We're getting there. This two-week break is kind of killing me, but we're getting there. I'm El Sacco. I'm here to break it all down for you with this guy, Zane Nackby. Zane, how you doing, brother? Good, man. Missed you last week. It was a great conversation with uh, Larry Kruger. Always great to have him on. Always great to have him and hear, hear him and, and his takes, everything. Uh, yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm you know, sorry definitely I missed, missed it. I had, uh, you know, I had some stuff going on. <laughs> you know I had <laughs> some stuff going on. Yeah, um, you did. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, definitely glad to have you back, man. We uh, we make a good team. You know, we've been doing this a long time. We've been doing this for almost almost five years now, man. And this is our fifth season together doing this. Well, I mean, before well, four, because I was yeah, I had that 2019 year where I did like the Cambiar thing, and you had stats in Levin. So I was like in for two years, out for a year, and then and then I'm back, man. I'm back, and it feels good to be here. You take that Jordan hiatus in the middle, right? Like yeah, you're here. You had some success. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> you, you took a vacation, right? You took the extended vacation, but uh, and uh, shout out, to, shout out to Levin and Stats, by the way, for getting us to almost 150 episodes, man. That this is a big, a big deal, I think, because when you and I started out, uh, you know, as we go off on a tangent, you and I started out like we never thought that this would really be anything. Like we were on our phones, like to start this, right? And we mm-hmm. never thought it'd be anything. We're almost 150 episodes deep, and countless amazing guests and countless listeners that have been supporting us and people that have been helping us get here. So it's super, super thankful and blessed to be here, man. It's been awesome. Never thought anybody would listen. And I just, I just think the biggest, and it's, it's because of the fans. I mean, we got to thank you guys, but the biggest thing for me is there's all these 49er podcasts out there right now. And there's a lot of good ones, you know, a lot of guys we respect and and that we're friends with, but, but there's just a ton, ton Mm -hmm. of content. And I just feel like for us to still be here and to still be relevant, you know, I just want to thank the fans for, for supporting us, you know, as long as we're doing the numbers, we're going to be here doing this. So, you know, appreciate that. We were right, the OGs. Enough. We were kind of the OGs, right? It was like Oscars podcast, one of a couple them. of the podcasts. One of we them. Like, yeah, there's some other yeah. guys, but we've been around for a while, man. We're, we're the old men of the group. All yeah. right. En- enough about us. <laughs> um, let's talk about the team. So the 53-man roster went down and I just, man, I got so many thoughts and so many things. Let's start with QBs. And I, I don't, we've talked at nauseum about this, so, so we won't go into the things that we, we already have. A couple of things I want to touch on, Zane. First is, the, is this two QB thing that we saw against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. It is not happening during the regular season. I understand what Kyle did in, in the preseason. I don't think he's going to do that at any point in the regular season. I think what will happen for Lance when he's healthy is he's going to get some plays here and there. I, I don't think maybe he gets a series, but I don't think Kyle is going to move him in and out the way that they did in the Raiders game. And personally, I, I don't want them to do that. It's neither one of them can get in a rhythm. I don't think it's, it, it's a good idea. And you could say, well, it worked in the Raiders game. Well, they were playing as Raiders backups. I don't take anything that I saw in that game as anything. Because the Niners starters against the Raiders backups, they went up and down the field exactly what they should have done. I don't like the idea of taking the QBs in and out. It, it hurts their throwing rhythm. I don't think that Kyle's going to do that. We'll see the way it, the regular season goes, but in terms of the usage, but I, I don't see it happening. I just don't. I kind of like it, to be honest, Al. Like, we've never seen that before. I mean, we saw it. Actually, you know what? No, scratch that. We saw this. Remember remember Neil O'Donnell and Slash back in the 90s, the Steelers? Yeah. We, yeah. We, I know what you mean. 
but I mean, I feel like Trey Lance is a, is a more well-rounded quarterback than Cordell Stewart was because especially the quarterback position has evolved from then until now. And plus the added benefit of like enhanced training and video study and all the stuff like that, that we do now that back then they, they just didn't have access to, or just didn't do as much, but I'm, I'm with you in the sense that, yeah, like it's going to, it's going to mess with their rhythm. But I think that Kyle really doesn't give a crap right now. Like, I think that for him, he cares about scaring defenses and he, he cares about giving people stuff to think about. And now all of a sudden you're the Detroit lions and yeah, you've got two weeks to prepare, but you don't know what, what they're going to do a quarterback. Like we know that Jimmy's going to be the starter. We know that, right? Like Kyle hasn't officially announced it, but mm-hmm. Jimmy is the, basically the starter, right? Like Trey Lance is going to come in. Especially, certain... especially with the, in, with the injury. We'll get into that, but yeah, I don't see any way Jimmy doesn't start now. Yeah. So I think that like what you're going to see is you're going to see like exactly like you said, Trey getting in in certain packages and down in distances to be able to take advantage of the dual threat. Uh, I think down near the goal line in the red zone is a perfect place for him because you can either have him keep it on a read option or a QB draw or he can throw it too. Right. So I think that like that's in that sense. Yeah, that that area makes sense for him. But I mean, I think like, you know, basically when you're between the 20s, like that's that's all that's the Jimmy zone for me like pretty much for me like right. that's jimmy's gonna handle that and he's proven that he's been effective at that point like in between the 20s but i mean like at this point i think that kyle did what he did during the preseason because trey needed work and this is like an overarching mm-hmm. thing for me that i've been saying for a while now that trey lance is not he's not ready and i think that like you saw that in the preseason despite what people want to think and say he's not ready like he's not ready to, to be the starter and i think kyle knows that too and there was never really any consideration for Trey Lance to be the starter in the first place. They knew what they were doing with them. That's why they held on to Jimmy. If there was any consideration for Trey Lance to be a starter, Jimmy would be gone by now, and they would have got some other placeholder at this point. But they knew at, at the, the moment that they drafted Trey Lance, they're like, all right, he's going to sit for X amount of games. We don't know how long he's going to sit for. He's going to sit. We're going je- to very gradually bring him along, and Jimmy's going to be the placeholder. And at some point, they'll just make the clean switch. So what you saw in the preseason is not, it's it's not indicative of what's going to happen in the regular season. Yeah, I don't agree with you on on that. I I think that, that Trey, if Trey took the job, he would have been the starter. And I just don't think he did enough to really take the job. I think he showed signs that he couldn't take the job soon. But like you said, I think he, he showed enough of that. He's probably not completely ready yet. And, and listen, I I tweeted and I maintain this. His supporting cast did not help him at all. There were 10 drops. There was some bad blocking. But he also had, uh, for an example, in this past Raiders game, I think it was a pass to Juwan Jennings. It was just a short, quick, almost a screen pass, and he chucked it five yards over his head, you know? So Mm -hmm. there's some things he's he's still got to work on in in terms of that. But but I think if Trey went out and took the job for sure, uh, I think he would have been starting week one. And I think when he is ready, I keep saying it, he will start. But I think it's a moot point now because he has this chip in his finger. And listen, the Niners are notorious for saying one thing about an injury and then it's another, right? Like, mm-hmm. like they say, oh, and then the guy's out for, for six months or whatever. But mm-hmm. with Lance, they said, they said, okay, first they said it should be Monday. And then Lynch came out today and said, well, Monday's optimistic. And Shanahan was like, yeah, we're hoping for Monday, but we're going to be cautious. These things could linger. What that says to me, and maybe I'm being pessimistic, what that says to me is I don't think Lance is going to play in week one. To me. Mm-hmm. I hope everything goes well. I hope he's on the practice field and I'm wrong, but I don't know. Maybe just knowing the luck of this team, I don't even think he's going to play in week one. 
um, which is obviously going to shoot his development back. If, if he's missing practice, if he's not able to throw, if he's unable to take snaps, whatever it is, that's going to set his development back. And, and, and it is going to push Jimmy to the forefront. And I still think when he's ready, he's going to get in. Kyle said he's going to play and he's going to. But right. I think this chipped finger is going to set things back. I'm not saying a whole season. I think just a few weeks, but I think it is going to set him back a few weeks. I hope I'm wrong. That's what I think. I mean, it's kind of hard to say right now because he was taking snaps this week in practice and he wasn't throwing the ball, but he was still taking snaps and like still going through the motions, which is very interesting. I've never seen that before. Like a guy just kind of like, if you, if you watch the video, it's like him taking a snap, he drops the ball as soon as he takes a snap and then like simulates a throwing motion to the receiver he would throw to. So, and the receiver honestly probably dropped the imaginary ball too, right? Cause they were, they've been so bad, but like, I, it's, it's really hard to say because again, this is your future, right? Make no mistake about it. Like as, as pro Jimmy as, as I can be at times, like, look, Jimmy Garoppolo is literally just keeping the seat warm right now for Trey Lance. Trey Lance is mm-hmm. the future. This is, this is what the Niners are going to look like going forward, what they look like under Trey Lance. And it's just a matter of time before Trey takes that job. And I think that like, you know, what you said about him, you know, in the preseason and, and not doing enough, I think we're basically saying the same thing, just in different ways that this is Trey's job. It's just a matter of time until he takes it, right? Like he has to show that he's mm-hmm. he's ready enough to be able to take it. When I say ready, I mean like, you know, little things like footwork and pocket presence and being able to get rid of the ball in a timely manner. Because I feel like there's still some small things. There was one play, uh, I, I forget, I think it was in the, the second quarter where he had um, on different levels running the same route. He had Trent Sherfield running like a, you know, like a kind of a, 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 a 10 yard sort of slant. And he had uh, Jalen Hurd underneath and Hurd was wide open. He forced it to Sherfield, who was kind of mostly covered on the play. He short off him, but Hurd would have been an easy gain in first down and he, and he didn't see him. And I think things like that, like, you know, like he'll have to clean that up come the regular season because that's the difference between like flipping the field and getting a first down and extending a drive and, and, and not. So that stuff and the fact that he, like he's throwing a fastball now because everything is slow for him. Like the progressions are slower naturally because he's a rookie and that will speed up. But because of that, he's having to throw fastballs to, to make up for the time that he takes in processing. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's worn and sometimes like, all right, cool. Like let's take something off of it. I don't have a big deal with it. I don't have a, I don't have a big problem with it. He's just progressing. This is part of the progression. So I think that again, I'm with you. Like, I don't know if he's going to play in the first game. They've got Sudfeld that they kept, right? Remember, they kept three quarterbacks for a reason, right? So maybe this is why. Well, yeah, he's on the practice squad, but yeah, he could easily be called up if, if, if they need him to. So, yep. All right. So we talked about the receivers a little bit and we talked about the drops that we saw with Lance. Started thinking about it and I'm like, man, the Niners have dropped a lot of balls lately. So I went to school on it a little bit, but before I get into that, let's talk about who's actually on the team at wide receivers. So you have Debo and Ayuk, one and two. Mm-hmm. We knew that was happening. Sanu makes the team and is probably going to be their third wide receiver. And, and that seemed like that was a done deal, a shut case a few weeks ago, at least, because he was doing great in camp. He didn't really play in the preseason. It's like they were kind of keeping him on ice. Mm-hmm. Trent Sherfield, who has come on like crazy. He looks like a great find. Juwan Jennings, who I'm excited to see what he could do. And Jalen Hurd, who, listen, they. He's been an investment for them. I don't think he showed very much. He hasn't really been on the field, but they're going to they're gonna stick with him and see how he does during the regular season. So those are your six wide receivers, but I was thinking about this and I was thinking of the drops. Now, I love Debo and Ayuk, and I think most fans do. I think they're going to be good. 
But looking at the drops for the Niners the last two years, so this was last two years, they dropped 5.9% of their passes, which was fourth worst in the league, and 6% of their passes, which was third, third worst in the league um, in 2019 and 2020. So that's pretty bad. And I was looking, well, where are these drops coming from? And Kendrick Bourne certainly dropped his share of passes. But how many, Zane, how many drops do you think Debo's had in the last two years? Uh, maybe 10, 12. Okay, that's good. Because I didn't think he had that many. He's got 12. I yeah. was like, wow, I didn't realize that. He's got 12 drops on 125 targets. That's 9.6%. That's one of the worst in the league. That's not good. Even Ayuk, who I thought, oh, Ayuk's been awesome. He had five drops on 96 targets. 5.2%. Mm-hmm. And last year, and I think this was probably just a fluky thing, but George Kittle had five drops on 43 targets, 7.9%. And hit in, in the la- and in 2018 and 2019, when he had those huge years, he was only at 2.8%. He only dropped seven passes on 243 targets. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that was probably just a fluky thing for Kittle. Kittle's got great hands, but that was a little scary for me when I saw that because I'm thinking, okay, you know, some of this, like I dropped, dropped the Lance pass, but a lot of it was from backups, but the Niners drop passes. They do. And that's something, listen, I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's going to be an issue, but it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, but with this group, I, I do think it's better than what I initially anticipated. Again, I'm a, a big Debo guy, a big Ayuk guy. Um, I think Sanu, if he's healthy, can be a nice little vet and, and, and do that Kendrick Bourne production. And I think Sherfield. We'll see. Maybe he's going to have some big catches for them. And the other two, Jennings and Hurd, to me, are big question marks. I have to see them stay healthy. And, you know, you're talking your fifth and sixth receivers. We'll see if they could jump up the board. But overall, if they can catch the ball, I I think this group is better than I anticipated. And it's interesting that you talk about Debo and his drops. And, again, like I love Debo. Debo is probably my favorite favorite receiver out of all the receivers. And probably... My one of my top three favorite offensive players, not like non quarterback offensive players. Like, I love the way the guy plays. He's like a running back at, at, at wide receiver, but it's interesting that he had 12 drops and his drop percentage was so high. When you include all of those little, like, one inch passes that's that's counted as like a completion, that counts that's as true. A tar- yeah, that's a target, right? Yep. Like, yep. so how many of those has he had? So, think about that too. Like, it, it makes it even worse. You know, I wonder what it would be. If you take out all of those little one inch tap passes that Jimmy would throw to him and Mullins and, and uh, Beathard would give him when, you know, I don't know, actually Beathard played with him at all, but the quarterbacks would give him on that little end around sort of thing that counts as like a, a completion. So that'd be really interesting to see. So I just gave you something else to, to look up, Al, another stat to look up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, it's, but inter- it's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. If you take those out, is the drop percentage 15%? You, you know, that, that's a really good point. Yeah, and that's way too high. That's way too high for for a, a number. Well, he was a number one receiver at one point uh, before Ayuk came, but like a number one or two receiver is way too high. And yeah. I think even in the 2019 season, we talked about this during that year. I mean, well, I mean, Levin Stats and I talked about it, and they they had five five interceptions that Jimmy threw were just off of like guys' hands. They just dropped it, you know. And I remember in the Pittsburgh game, there's I think three of them in that Pittsburgh game where guys had their hand on it and just and it just went to him like the, the, the opposing, uh, the, the defender. So it's been an issue for a while and I'm not sure why, maybe it's because the receivers are, are anticipating contact. So balls are being thrown in the tight windows or anticipating contact. So they'll drop, they'll tend to drop balls because they hear footsteps. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because, you know, I don't want to blame quarterback play, but like, because the quarterback isn't throwing them open. So they're in an area where they're going to get contact. 
Maybe it's because Kyle can't open up his scheme because you know the limitations of the quarterback. Maybe it's because guy like the quarterbacks aren't throwing catchable balls, both of them, like Trey and Jimmy, right? Or maybe it's just because the receivers are trying to do too much when they catch the ball, right? Like they know that, all right, cool, I can run with this. I know like how many times, Al, do we go back and look at the film and like Kittle or Debo or Ayuk will catch the ball and there's like nobody around them and they can just run for like days. Maybe they're anticipating that idea that like, you know, I can run for a while with this. So let me grab this and let me go. And they, and they kind of get out of rhythm that way. It could be a lot of reasons, right? But I mean, these are mental, these are not physical mistakes, right? These are mental mistakes and mental mistakes kill you. I, to this day, Al, I feel like the reason why those Jim Harbaugh teams didn't win a Super Bowl is because they made mental mistakes, whether it's the coaching staff making mental mistakes or guys physically like on the field making mental mistakes, like that killed those teams, mental mistakes. And I and I really hope it's not the same way for the, the Shannon 49ers. All right, moving on, tight end, not a lot to talk about. George Kittle, Russ Dwelly, Charlie Warner. I mean, if Kittle stays healthy, he's one of one of the top two tight ends in the game. Um, he's just had monster seasons. He only played eight games last year, and if if you put his statistics out to a full 16 games, it was just the same, similar to what it was the previous two years. You know, he's good for 85 catches, 1300 yards, 1200 yards, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I'll be interested to see if his production drops a little bit just because you have, if you have Debo and Iok, so maybe he doesn't get quite as many balls, but not a lot to talk to there out there. The backfield, I think Raheem Mostert is going to have a, a, just a huge season, just a huge great. season this year. I can't wait to watch him. Yeah. Then you have Trey Sermon and Liza Mitchell. People were saying Mitchell was on the bubble. There was no chance in hell Mitchell was getting cut. None. Mm-mm. He was Mm-mm. a draft pick. They're not going to cut bait on him. He played really well in camp. He just got hurt. And, you know, he you could see him kind of working out some kinks in this past in the, in the Raiders game, but there was no chance in hell he's going to get cut. And he may end up being the kick returner on top of it. Mm-hmm. But the surprise to me was Jamichael Hasty. I thought for sure Wayne Gallman was making the team. Because Gallman did really well with the Giants last year when he had to fill in for Barkley. He carried the load, and he's a pretty good pass blocker. I thought for sure he was making the team with Wilson out, and I thought Hasty had an uphill battle. And Hasty went out, and he took it, man. He went out, he earned it, and he got the spot, and, and, and good for him. And, and um, we'll hit on news check in a minute, but, but this looks like a good group, Zane. I, I, I think they're going to run the hell out of the ball this year. 500-plus carries, I think, this season, and, and there's a good group there to do it. Yeah, and uh, really quick on tight ends, Jordan Matthews made the practice squad, so that's another another guy that's bulked up. And kudos to him for making the position change and being able to make it onto an NFL roster, even if it is a practice squad. Like it's a completely different position. He bulked up, he blocked well, and had his moments of preseason. So I think he's he's earned it for sure. And uh, I'm surprised George Kittle made 40, the team. his 45th time with the 49ers. Yeah, his exactly 45th right. time being signed by the 49ers. Him, him, and Dante Johnson, who we'll get to in a second, but uh, always, yeah. So Kittle made the team. Oh, thank God! I was scared. I was scared, man. I don't know if he. Did yeah, it, it was but, dicey, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, the running backs, man. This is so. I, I said this on Twitter, and I really do believe it. There are several positional groups that the 49ers can stack up there with the league's best, and I'm not saying like in terms of like talent, like you know, man for man. I'm saying in terms of like depth, and also in some cases, talent. I feel like. You know, this is this is kind of a, a hot button topic with the quarterback room because I feel like they have two quarterbacks they can win with. The uh, the the running back room is one of the best in the league, in my opinion, because of the depth. The defensive line room is the best in the in the league, in my opinion, and the linebacker room is the best in the league, in my opinion. So, like this team is super deep in so many areas, and we'll get to those areas. But the running back group, I mean, man, 
like when Jeff Wilson Jr. comes back, like that guy's a difference maker. Like every time he touches the ball, something good happens. Yeah, and he's very underrated. Completely underrated. And I think you put the stat out of where over the last like what three years, he has the most touchdowns of any 49ers running back. Yep. 15. Like yep. 15 no, any touchdowns. player. Any player. Any 49ers player. Oh, there you go. Exactly. 15 yeah. touchdowns. And that guy is an, he's a hundred percent a difference maker. And when you have that kind of like waiting in the garage for you, like come middle of the season and you can take him out and take him for a spin. I mean, that's a huge advantage for Kyle Shanahan and it's going to be a crowded backfield at that point. So I think that the, the hasty thing over Gallman, I, I get it because hasty has known the system. He's been here, he's performed and he's performed well given his limited opportunities because of injuries, but his only issue, like really to me was putting the ball on the ground. I think that Kyle's willing to give that a second chance. And really like we're talking about, you know, these guys, most going to get the bulk of the load. And then these guys are really sermon and hasty. are going to split the, the carries after that. And then uh, really it's just uh, Mitchell will be the kick return, as you said. And again, you the the fifth running back, but you know, he's really just a, a Swiss army knife. So it'll be really interesting to me when Jeff Wilson comes, like who do you, who goes to the practice squad at that point, right? Or who do you let go of that mm-hmm. point now? Oh, I think Hasty will go. Yeah. Because they're not going to give up on those draft picks. So I, I, I think it'll be Hasty. I think Hasty's very, very much the fourth running back. And, and when Wilson comes back, I think it'll be him. I mean, unless he blows up between now and then. But I I, I think that Mitchell, Sermon, and, and Mostert would get the carries before him personally. And I think when, when Wilson comes back, it'll be Hasty. I know the did fans you, like him, but. Yeah. Did you, did you expect more out of Sermon? I know, it's early. I know it's early, but like, did you expect yeah, I can't answer that in preseason. Um, because you know, you're not playing with starting offensive line and he's working his way through the system. I, you'd have to ask me that in like week three or four. I, I don't put much stock in the preseason at all, yeah, stuff well, that's like fair. that. Okay, a little we, bit we, I do with court with quarterbacks, mm-hmm. um, but other than that, I, I not a lot for me. Okay, we'll, we'll circle back on that like a couple weeks from now, yeah, three, four weeks from I, now. We'll see. I, I, did, I did want to say with use check though, I never thought. I know he's good at blocking and he does the little things well, but I never thought the Niners used him enough. Mm-hmm. And you could say now, well, oh, they got Ayuk and Debo and Kittle. Well, they didn't always have those guys. He's been on the team for four years. Right. He's he's played when those guys have been hurt, and he only averages 2.36 touches a game with the Niners. Mm-hmm. Now, to put that in context, and I know it's different eras, but Tom Rathman touched the ball seven times a game on average, and William Floyd 8.43. So... Mm-hmm. Those guys were, you know, it was a West Coast offense and those guys were much more involved. It's a different era. I understand it, but I would like to see him get the ball a little bit more. Now, I'm not saying eight times a game, but instead of two, four, you know, <laughs> even if you double it. So I'm curious to see, well, not, I guess I, I know it's not going to happen because it hasn't, but I would like to see him be a little bit more involved because I think good things happen when he touches the ball. Yeah, they, they ran with the ball more last year than I've ever seen them run with with Yushek. And every time he gets it, it seems like it's a four or five yard game, whether it's a pass or, you know, a short run or something like that, because teams aren't expecting it. And I think that Kyle would use him running the ball as like a surprise sort of like attack. You know, it's on fourth and one. You're not expecting the fullback to get it because they never give it to him. But I think that I, I think that you're right. Like he's he needs to be more utilized in the pass game. And running the ball, I mean you can make an argument that like, okay, like he's not a great runner, but I mean definitely in the pass game. And I think that that uh He's not going to be like Larry Sanders was, like as a receiving fullback, like right. like that. But I think that he can give you something uh, catching the ball as well at the backfield and, and win those matchups because he he's faster and more athletic than most fullbacks are. Like the few teams that have fullbacks, 
he's he's way faster, more athletic. We've seen him make those catches. So uh, I, I would love to see him get more involved. All right, offensive line looks good in terms of the starters. Trent Williams is a stud. Lakin mm-hmm. Tomlinson is a rock. Starts every game. He has every, started every single game for this team. Alex Mack, you hope if he's even 80% of Alex Mack, he's going to be an upgraded center. Daniel Brunskill, you hope that with a full season at guard, he comes into his own. And McGlinchey, if he can clean up some of those bad reps, you got a pretty good starting offensive line. Where I worry is the backups. And, mm-hmm. and let me throw this out. One of the, to me, most underrated stories of 2019 was the depth on the offensive line. There were 21 starts in 2019 from Brunskill, Justin School, and Ben Garland. 21, that includes the playoffs. Those guys stepped in for Joe Staley, who I think only played eight games that year. McGlinchey was hurt for four games. Weston Richburg was hurt, I believe it was game 13, and he, you know he was done for the season. Those guys stepped in, and in terms of wins, the Niners did not miss a, miss a beat. I think when they had both their starting tackles out, they were undefeated mm-hmm. with Skew and Brunskill st- stepping in. And Garland was their center all the way to the Super Bowl. Now, if anything happens to one of these starters, you have Tom Compton, who uh, I don't have a lot of faith in, Aaron Banks, who's a rookie working through it, Jalen Moore, who's a rookie working through it, and they, they just added the center. Oh, God, was it Berland is his last name? Mm-hmm. That's it, right? Did I say that? that's his name, right? Berlin. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably look that up. If that's not your name, I apologize. <laughs> um, but um, so they added those four guys. Brendel, I said Berlin. Brendel, I'm, yeah, Brand- I'm sorry, I'm such yeah. a bad podcast host. I'm sorry, Brendel. What did I say? Berlin. Berlin's yeah. wrong with me. Jake Brendel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those four guys are your backups. Can any of those guys come in and and, and do a good job if one of these guys, the starters, go down? We'll see. So I like I like the front five. If we have to get into any replacements, and look, people get hurt. I don't know. That can get a little bit dicey. You have to hope Aaron Banks and Jalen Moore hit the ground running because I don't have a ton of faith in Compton. And we'll see about Brendel if he's got to come in and play center. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. I know a lot of people are bullish, and I and I am too. I think the Niners are going to be good, but that's one of the things that can that can hurt if if there's injuries. Also, don't worry about the Brendel thing. Like I called Marquise Goodwin, Stefan Gilmore, like for an entire episode. You so. did like a whole season. That's true. <laughs> That's like, true. For like a whole, not even an episode, like a whole season. The first <laughs> Marquise Goodwin's first season here, I was like referring to him as Stefan Gilmore because yeah, I don't know why. Um, probably because they were on the same team. Uh, at, at one point in Buffalo, but yeah. Anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there. So, I, I tweeted out one thing in the preseason when Trey took the field and the offensive line wasn't giving him time to do anything. I was like, man, the only saving grace here is that these five guys are not going to be playing together like ever on the field at the same time, like the backup offensive linemen. But honestly speaking, at this point, I don't even want any of them playing on the field at all. Like maybe Brendel is the only one because he has experience in center. But like Aaron Banks was kind of struggling a little bit and going through it. He got injured and now he he doesn't have that experience. And more struggled a little bit too, like called it rookie. You know, you're going through your lumps as a rookie. but Tom Compton, like I, so they, they got rid of Dakota Shepley, who ended up get, uh, getting signed of the, the Seahawks practice squad, surprise, surprise, taking the Niners leftovers again. But I thought they should have kept him over, over Tom Compton. And Compton is one of those guys where I believe he played under Kyle when they were in Atlanta together. I believe that's one of those where it's a Kyle pick where Kyle knows him and mm-hmm. he's comfortable with him. But like Compton is not, like he's just not good. So, 
you have to have guys like that 2019 team. You know, Mike Persis stepped in a right guard and started all the way to the Super Bowl and eventually got eventually got destroyed by Chris Jones and that cost him his job. But, you know, he got them, them all the way there. And Brunskill, as we know, has been has been Aaron Donald's daddy for like three seasons now. So you really look at how they've been able to develop these guys and McKivitt's got cut. He's he's no longer he needs a draft pick. Um you hope that they can start hitting on more of these offensive linemen because that first initial push that they had was really was pretty good. Like where you got Lake and Tomlinson, he was like a reclamation project, but then you got, you know, you ended up uh, drafting McGlinchey as well and, and Trent Williams replacing Joe Staley, like all this stuff ended up working out. But like what's gonna happen if any of these guys gets hurt? If that's my question, I have the same question as you, like what's gonna happen? What's going to happen if like Trent Williams goes down? I believe Sean Coleman made it, right? They kept him. I think he's on the injured list, though. Yeah, so Sean Coleman, again, he hasn't played in two years uh, because of injuries, but he's your swing tackle, and I, and I get why they kept him, because he could play both tackle spots. So you're really down to like you know scraping the bottom of the barrel here, and, and I, I'm not terribly comfortable with that. This was a weakness for them going into the offseason. And they didn't do a lot to improve it besides the Aaron Banks pick. I guess you could say that like second round pick, yeah, they tried. But I mean, like, he's he's injured. So it's like they didn't do a ton net, you know, they didn't do a ton at the end of at the end of all of it. Yeah, and and that's gonna be one of the things to to really look at to me and just pray, pray, pray that the starters stay healthy. Yeah. All right. One, this is the best position group on on the team. The defensive line is freaking loaded, man. Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Eric Armstead, D Ford, Samson Ibukam, Mo Hurst is going to go on IR, Zach Kerr, Contavious Street, Arden Key, Kevin Gibbons. And you remember, as good as they were in 2019, towards the end of the season when they were kind of beat up, they didn't play as well. And then they got healthy again for that playoff run, thankfully. But this year, they are so freaking deep. You have D Ford is healthy. This, I mean, I mean, who's going to stop them? Who's mm-hmm. going to stop them? And you know, you know me, I can find something to worry about everywhere. I can't find anything to worry about with this group. This is just a loaded group. You got a run stopper in DJ Jones. You have the superstar in Nick Bosa. You have an up and coming young player in Javon Kinlaw. You have a solid, steady player, balanced player in Eric Armstead. You have pass rushing specialists in Ford and Ebocom. You have depth, key, street, Kerr, Gibbons. It's just an insane group in a group that I think is going to carry the team similar to 2019 when it was right. It's insane. Like they just swung a deal where they, God, who did they trade? Um, they traded one of these guys to get a, a sixth round pick of this year, this coming year's draft and the seventh next year. Um, uh, I can't remember who they traded. Um, was it a linebacker? Was it a linebacker? It was, it was, it was a linebacker. Yeah. God, we're doing um, terrible Zane. We're doing awful. Right. That's right. It happens. Um, together. I'm just so excited about the season, man. That I, I can't think. I can't think. For, forgive me for not knowing like the seventh linebacker's name on the team, right? Like, <laughs> gotta get it together. Um, but Zach Kerr to me is out of all the backups, like the most intriguing one because I believe uh, he was the second highest ranked defender per PFF on Carolina's roster last year. And from the D tackle position, he's a big boy, right? Like he, he flashed during the during the preseason too. He made several plays. And he his he's a high energy guy. He's three hundred twenty plus pounds. Like he's 
a really, really underrated interior defender. So when you can rotate him in there for DJ Jones, or if somebody gets injured, he's, he's more than capable of starting and having an extended look. So I'm super impressed that like they were able to keep him and he's actually a rotational piece as opposed to like, you know, all right, like this is the guy we're going with. That's how deep the, their D line is. Bosa, like it's interesting because they claim that he's better than he was before the injury. And if that is true, that's scary for the rest of the league. And I don't know if you saw this, Al, but uh, David Bakhtiari, he is out for uh, the first few weeks of the season, the Green Bay tackle. Yep. So Nick Bosa is going up against a backup tackle when they when the Niners had their home opener here against Green Bay. So, I mean, when you look at that sort of matchup and matchups throughout the rest of the season where the Niners D-line will be able to, to kind of impose their will, it can make up for some of the lack of depth in the secondary, which we'll get to in a second. But man, this is, I, it feels like year in and year out, like this, this D line is getting better and better in terms of depth, right? Like they were pretty good in, in that Super Bowl year. They got a little bit better last year. And now it seems like they have this, just this depth where you have several guys that are sitting on the bench that could start for other teams, right? Like, like Gibbons and Kirk could start on most teams in this league, I feel like. And oh yeah, ditto, yep. ditto, for, ditto for Ebicom. Ebicom did start. He was a starter with the Rams. So, I mean, like, when you have that situation, when you, you have that luxury, you know, even if you have injuries, you can stay the course. You can kind of hold down the fort until you get guys back. And that's huge. And when they signed Ebicom, well, I'm like, well, it's, it's D Ford insurance because Ford's not going to be there. And now mm-hmm. it looks like Ford's there. So they have both of those guys. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's it's just it's just going to be waves and waves coming at teams. And this group is the reason to me, more than anything, more than the offense, more than anything, why I think the Niners are a playoff team. I think because mm-hmm. the D-line can take over games. I, yeah. I, I'm that bullish on, the, on, on this group. I, I think it's going to be the core of the team. I think it's going to carry the team. I think some games where they should lose, they're going to win because of this group, because of a turnover, because of, you know, someone a pass rush or, or they get a quarterback rattled. I, I think they're going to win games that they should have lost this year because of that group. Mm-hmm. I honestly do. Yeah. All right. Linebackers kind of similar to the tight ends with me with the linebackers. Not a lot to worry about as long as, you know, like with the tight ends, as long as Kittle stays healthy, as long as Fred Warner stays healthy and he's on the field, he's one of the top two in the game, in my opinion, absolute stud, <coughs> excuse me. The Niners have him locked up. So you got Warner and Dre Greenlaw as your starters. And then you'll have Ashair. Demetrius Flanagan, Flanagan Fowles and Marcel Harris. So the very top heavy in this group, but your top two are, you have an absolute stud and a really solid player in Greenlaw. I mean, I feel like the starters are, they can stack up with any, any linebacking unit in the league. They're, they're that good. And Marcel Harris is an interesting guy. He made the conversion from safety, as we know, in the, into linebacker. And he's, he's actually played well so far in the preseason. I think that it's going to be interesting to see him during the regular season. I think he'll get more reps as teams go to uh, less and less uh, sort of, uh, oh, sorry, more and more like 11 personnel and you start seeing more receivers on the field. You may have, you may see him playing in the box like a lot more than having like another traditional linebacker there. So mm-hmm. really excited to see him there. And it seemed like in his rookie year, he was always around the ball. He was making plays and he was just generally like a, a pretty good defender. Uh, he did have moments where he got lost, like at the safety position. So I feel like, like the linebacker position in the box is a good is a good fit for him. Um, and and it's funny I'm talking about like the, like a, a backup linebacker right now because the top three are so good. 
but uh, you know what can you say about fred warner right like to me best linebacker in the game he's only getting better he's in his prime he's locked up got that got that good contract got the new contract and anybody who plays next to him i feel like greenlaw is going to take a step up this year al shair has been steadily getting better and fred warner is the tide that raises all the, bo- the, the boats in the harbor what can you say about him yeah he's just just a great player um you know he's like a captain type you know what i mean yeah, yeah. It just yeah, means absolutely. so much to the team yep all right <laughs> so the other position group that worries me is the corners and i've been mm-hmm. saying that for how long top three are solid you have Quan williams in the slot jason brett Manuel Mosley. After that, hold your breath, man. Diamador Lenore played, thought he had a really good preseason, but he is a rookie. If he gets thrust into action, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. Ambry Thomas was making the team. He was a third round pick. He did not look good to no. me. I didn't think he looked good at all. He didn't tackle well. I thought he great. He was grabbing a lot. Um, and look, he not playing last year. Obviously, he's got to get back in the swing of things, so you give him a little bit of a pass. But right now, he's a project. I, I, I want to feel comfortable with him on the field. And then the sixth guy to originally make the team was Devontae Harris, who I didn't even know was on the team. The Niners picked him up, I guess, off waivers or something. I don't know. I Honestly, I literally have a show about the 49ers who did not know he was on the team. I think he played like 15 <laughs> preseason snaps or something like that. No yeah. clue. But he he's hurt, so they bring back the old favorite, Dante Johnson, who I also have no faith in, um, as another backup. So again, this is one of those groups like the offensive line. Starters look good. If they're in there, there's nothing to worry about. If they're not, they're going to get dicey quick. I think that they're kind of going with that same 2019 view of this, where they're hoping that the D-line can dominate to the point where nothing really matters at the back end because they, the quarterback won't have time to throw. But it scares me because not only do you not have very much depth after the top three, the top three are all on two-year deals or less. Like you've got two guys on one-year deals and and Moses on two-year deal. So what's the future look like at that position for the 49ers? I mean, it's possible that with the cap going up next year, and obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves, but cap going up next year, they bring, you know, Verrett back and they bring Kamal Williams back on on like larger deals because they can absorb the cap hit. But to me, like the drafting of Ambry Thomas and Diamondo Lenore, like this was hopefully going to be the future at that position. And Lenore has definitely, definitely looked apart. Like he oh, had that, a little yeah. bit, he had yep. a few, a couple of plays in the Raiders game where he got lost a little bit. But and but I, that's to be expected for a rookie. Ambry Thomas, I mean, I have high hopes for him being third round pick and coming from you know that Michigan defense, which is, is typically pretty good. That Harbaugh defense is pretty good. But I really. What happens if Kamal Williams goes down? Like, who can play the slot? They don't have anybody that can play the slot like he does. I mean, they, even forget how Kamal Williams does. Like, which one of these guys can play the slot at all? Right. Like, are you going to put Mosley in there and then put Dante Johnson on the outside? Like, what happens then at that point? That might be what they do. Yeah. So, yep. like, it's just it's just really scary right now at, at that point, like in secondary. And we haven't even got to the safeties yet because Tart is kind of working his way back from an injury, but. You know, what do you do if Jimmy Ward goes down, for example, right? Like they, they don't, they don't have depth there. And yeah, that's it, yeah. the one, yeah, that's the one position group. I'm like, man, you cannot like the D line. If a couple of guys go down, like for short periods of time, like, all right, cool. They'll, they'll hold the fort linebackers, uh, like kind of like, unless it's, if Warner stays healthy, they're good there. But the secondary man, if any of these guys goes down, if any of the starters goes down, 
aside from Tart, because I believe in uh, Hafunga, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and look, the safeties, you got Jimmy Ward and Tart, and we've seen this movie a million times. When they're on the field, it's a, it's a good pairing. It's a very good pairing, but they don't stay on the field, <laughs> typically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Ward was more healthy last year. Tart's always in and out of the lineup. We'll see if these guys can stay on the field, because if they can't, you have Tavon Wilson and Hufunga as your backups. And I guess you maybe they'll try to get HaHa Clinton Dix back on the practice squad. You know, guys like that, I guess. But it's the same thing. The secondary is is good with the ones. Once you get past the ones, it's it's really scary. And I know there's a lot, lot of hype for this team. A lot of people are excited. And I agree with you. I think it's a playoff team. I do not think it's a Super Bowl team, but I think it's a playoff team. But if any of these guys go down, there's there's going to be some issues, right? I always say take off the red and gold glasses. There mm-hmm. are going to be some issues with the secondary if people go down. And we've seen it. Look, I don't care how good the defensive line is. It was insane in 2019. And we saw some of these quarterbacks who can move, a Russell Wilson, a Kyler Murray, guys like that, still give the team fits. If that's yeah. the case this year, and you have any of your main guys out, it, it could be a problem. Just is. Just reality just what it is so we'll see i mean i'm look i'm still high so this is a playoff team but if injuries happen in certain spots and i guess you could say that with most teams but if injuries happen in certain spots there 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 could be some problems i was kind of hoping they were going to bring a vet in it at corner kind of hoping somebody was going to get caught and they were going to bring somebody in mm-hmm. um didn't happen we'll see where it goes yeah and it's interesting that you believe that uh, sorry that, that you bring up that uh 2019 stretch that they had and uh, it's funny because i when people the, the argument about whether Jimmy, what, what his role was in that 2019 team, how much he contributed and all that stuff. I always point to that stretch at the end of the season or towards the latter half of the season where uh, Ford, Tart, and Juan Alexander were all, were all out. And at that point, teams like, that was that point where like Kyler Murray was just shredding them and Russell Wilson was just shredding them and, and they couldn't stop other like mobile quarterbacks. Like it was, they were allowing something like 26 points a game at that point for the last eight games of the season, I believe. And like, they just couldn't, they could, they couldn't hold up because they didn't have too much depth. And I'm, I'm afraid the same thing is going to happen this year. If somebody gets hurt, cause look, guys are going to get hurt. Like, especially now, Al, like it just seems like it's so rare to see guys like a guy, any guy play 16 games in an NFL season. Well, now you add the 17th game. It's just so rare to me. Like, I just don't think it's going to happen. Like somebody's going to get hurt at some point. You're going to lose one of your starters at some point, one or more of them. So are they equipped to handle that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know, especially in the secondary. Like I talked about the different positional groups that are among the best in the league. The secondary for the starters, you could stack them up with some of the better secondaries in the league. But like in terms of depth, they're near the bottom because they're, they're so top heavy. So, I mean, we'll see, man. That's one of the groups that cannot, they cannot afford any more long-term injuries. And like specifically with Tart. Tart's never finished a full season, a full 16-game season. Right. He's, and missed, he's missed a ton of games, man. And he's already hurt. Like, he had the turf toe injury, right? So, yep. I'm just, man, I, I hope Pavanga can come in and, and play well if he's, if he's in there. But, again, he's just a rookie, fifth-round pick. How much can you expect out of him? Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, he's, he's somebody that you want to groom. He's not somebody that you just want to, you know, throw, throw in there and hope that, expect I should say him to come and hit the ground run and he's somebody to me like have him play special teams I mean I think he's I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a good player I think it's a chance to start but I'd like to see him play special teams this year and kind of get eased in and have Tart play but 
look, Tarts played. Okay, so he came in the league in 2015, and he played 15 played 15 games 2015 2016. Since then, he's played nine, eight, twelve, and seven. So the odds are he's going to play half a season. Right? I, I did he's the math. Much, yeah, I did the math. Pretty much on this. done that the last four years. Yeah, uh, I did the math on this like several weeks ago, and I put out a tweet uh, when after he got hurt. And I, and I like, I really liked Hart. Like, I think he's a difference maker. He's on oh, the he's field. a terrific player. Yeah. You can see you can see the difference in the defense again. Like twenty nineteen, when he went out, you could see the difference in the secondary, right? How they suffered. So when he's on the field, he's a fantastic player. He's a difference maker, but he's only played fifty six percent of the games in the last four seasons. Like you can't like you can't count on that. Right. And I, Al, I just I I it really scares me this this thought of like Tart going out and now all of a sudden you're in Seattle at Quest Field or T Mobile Park, whatever the hell they call it now, their stupid stadium. And you need a, a stop to win the game. Russell Wilson's got the ball, and Hafunga's back there, you know, filling in for Tart. So that that thought scares me, and that could be a reality. So we'll see. We'll see how he does. Yeah, and I mean, look, Jimmy Ward misses games every year too. You go back to 2016; he's played 11, 7, 9, 13, and 14. So again, yeah. the odds of him playing a full season are slim. He's done it once since 2014. So. You know, it it is what it is with that. And eventually, look, you know, Ward's been more healthy lately, but I think Tart's a hell of a player. He's really yeah. good. But yeah. eventually the Niners have to get away from players like that who don't play. They yeah. just do. Man, you a lot, know, lot guy, of doom and gloom. Right. No, it's just reality. You could still <laughs> you could still be I hate when people say that, like I'm not saying you're saying that, but just like in general, like, oh, what do you be negative? It's not negative, <laughs> it's just reality. It, it is, is yeah. what it is. They're still gonna be a good team. But every yeah. team has issues, and these are just some of the things. Like, I'm not going to sit on here and just blow smoke up everybody's ass. Oh, everything's great. You know what I mean? Oh, it's <laughs> I mean, some, get some people it's fine. Would, some people would like that, though, right, Al? They would. You I think some that. people would like that, but yeah. I don't want, it's not, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. Al's not going to blow any smoke up people's asses, man. Going to be honest. Yep. I'm going to be honest about special teams. Wishnowski, fine. Pepper, great. I'm a little worried about Robbie Gold. Missing too many but, kicks for my liking. Yeah. Getting up there in age. She's had some good years. Um, yeah. A, li- a little nervous about Gould. Um, I can just, you know, again, the NFL games are decided a lot of times by a player or two. Um, I'm a little bit worried. A missed extra point. A missed field goal. You know, I'm a little bit concerned in that regard about him. Yeah. I think that... I hope that it's just like one of those things where like an old car takes time to get warmed up a little bit and he's kind of working, working the kinks out. But I was surprised to see him missing as many as he did in the preseason. But I think that again, just preseason, it's not any cause to worry until he does that in the regular season. And it could be worse, right? You could be like lions and like not have a kicker on your roster. (laughs) Dan Campbell is, I'll tell you what, man, he's really entertaining. He may be a shit coach and get fired in two years, but he is an entertaining dude. I'm here for the ride. I uh, Robbie that, Gould, though. Robbie sorry, Gould, yeah. Zane. Yeah. Uh, 2017 field goal percentage. 2017, 95%. 2018, 97% led the league. 2019, 74%. 2020, 82%. So, yeah. Little concern there. We'll see if it comes, you know, anything comes of it. Um, two for four from over 50 yards last year. Where else were his, were his misses? Let's see. Yeah, so you know, we'll we'll see what comes of it with him. Um 
hopefully he can rebound. He is a vet, but yeah, a little bit concerned there. 2019, he was 23 of 31 from field goals. That's not very good. That's not very good. No. No. Yeah. No. I, I think mean, they went to the Super Bowl that year. They lived with it, but yeah, it's, it's not super good. Yeah. Um, other things, uh, kick returner. I don't know. Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Turner, I have no idea. No I mean, Ayuk is going to do it, but there's no way. Like, they've got Travis Benjamin there, and like they had Mohamed Sanu returning punts. Sanu's not going to return punts. Like, they're going to, what they're going to do is at some point, something's going to happen with these wide receivers. One of these guys is either going to get moved, cut, injured, something's going to happen, and you're going to see Travis Benjamin back on, back on the active roster to return punts. Or you'll see one of the running backs do it. Cause like, Ayuk is not going to return kicks all, like punts all year. Like, you can't have him doing that. At some right. point, he's going to need a break. So you, your number one receiver is not going to do, you know, re- return punts all year unless he's fair catching like half of them. So we'll see. But yeah, man, you know what? Let's let's talk about this season, man, really quick. Let's see if we can we can give a, a quick prediction on on what the record is going to be. Oh, you want we, to do win loss? Yeah, let's, let's do, do that. Man. Loss. Let's do it. Let's pull. Let's pull the schedule up. I always like and, doing this. Yeah, why and you I didn't prepare all? this at all, so I'm going to do this off the top of my head. That's how we do it every year, man. It's it's, it's fully it. organic. Um, but as you do that, I just want to mention that preseason, I love preseason, man. I'm, I'm, I'm of the minority because I'm such a nervous wreck during game days, like watching games. I'm so tense and intense during games that like watching a preseason game is fun for me because especially when I go to the game, I didn't make, I didn't make it to any this year, but I hope to, because uh, of, you know, all, all the restrictions and stuff, but I hope to, I hope to make it to games next year because it's awesome. The weather's nice. You don't care if they win or lose. You see all the rookies. And it's just a fun time at the yard. You usually get good seats because they're, they're cheap or free. People don't want to go. So I like preseason for that reason. And I, I really hope that they keep it. Out of all the years, they would have four preseason games. I wish they had the fourth one this year because Trey needed the work. But right. we have this weird two-week gap between uh, preseason and the regular season. So we'll see what happens. All right, Zane. Let's do this schedule. Week one at the Lions. That has to be a win, dude. Like, you can't... Kyle can't lose to Dan Campbell, man. Like you, you you're gonna lose to that guy. <laughs> <Could> you imagine, <laughs> like, Could you Beacats imagine the shitstorm if if they lose this game? Yo, th- our podcast is gonna be fire. By the way, if that happens, be awesome because we're gonna just like, there's lay no into way. Them. But there's no way. I know week one fluky things happen, but the Lions have no one. They yeah. can't run the ball. Jared Goff is gonna be a sitting duck back there. I, I mean, the offense could play terrible, and I still think the defense could 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 put up 14 points in this game. Like. I don't think there's yeah. any way the Niners could lose this game. If they do, yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be. I mean, I'm thinking like 30 to 10 Niners. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. I think Kyle's going to unleash. Uh, Trey may not, may or may not play, but we'll see. What we got next? We got. I don't think it matters. Next, right at Philly next, right? Yeah. yeah, Philly next. Yeah, so at Philly, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni. Um, again, a young team. I, I think the Niners are two and zero. I think these are two fairly easy games to start the season. Yeah, I think so too. And again, I don't. I think Trey plays sparingly. People are like, oh, he may start. Like you're not, you're not going to start your rookie quarterback on the road, hostile environment. We know how the Philly fans are. You're going you're to look for a soft spot landing in the schedule, like a cushy, a cushy game. We can ease him in. Um, Trey's not going to start unless Jimmy's hurt. Um, early game, the Niners are staying on the East Coast for the first two weeks. They're not coming back here out for the West Coast. So they right. typically p- play well in those games where they stay on the East Coast. So I'm going to say they open the season two and zero as well. All right. Week three is the home opener against Pat, the Packers, who I think are going to be on a mission this year. Could very well be Aaron Rodgers last season in Green Bay. And I think the Niners lose this game. I, th- I think Green Bay is going to come out guns blazing. 
I know Bakhtiari is not playing. I know the pass rush. Um, but this team is not going to Tina know, obviously. I, I think the Packers game is a loss. You know, this is one of those where it's like we would know a lot more about this game after watching the first two weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that Green Bay, like Rodgers was playing out of his mind last year. Like I thought that they would they would win the Super Bowl last year. I really did. And I feel like when you have a year like that, like the next year is somewhat of a letdown. And Rodgers may play well, but I mean, like, I just don't, I don't know about the rest of their team. They don't have a lot around him, right? Like, I mean, well, I mean, they brought back Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams is obviously happy now and all this stuff. But I mean, a, a washed up Randall Cobb really doesn't scare me. So, man, it's a toss up. It's a primetime game, home opener. They're going to be wearing their 94 red throwbacks, which is awesome, by the way. Fantastic. I, I wish they would keep those permanently. I'm going to say they win. I'm going to say they beat Green Bay. It, they'll eke it out. Robbie Gold, we've been ragging on them a little bit. Robbie Gold is going to be the game winner that day. All right, I'm going to remember you said that. Okay. All right, Zane is 3-0, and Alice 2-1 and going into week four against the Seahawks. So, I mean, we've seen, again, we've seen this movie a million times. Russell Wilson gives them fits. But if you're a good team, you at least split with the Seahawks. And I think they're going to split. So, so I'll give them a win at home. Um, and obviously, we'll get to the road game later. But I'll, I'll say they're 3-1. and Yeah, I'll, I'll give them a win at home, 4-0. All right, Dane's going to have them going 17 to 0. All right. Um, <laughs> Cardinals game. The only way the Cardinals scare me this year at all is if Kyler Murray takes the Josh Allen type jump, right? Where he's just mm-hmm. nasty. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals always give the Niners trouble, but I think they added these vets, um, JJ Watt, AJ Green. And I think those guys are kind of done. Yeah. JJ Watt's probably still a good player, but he's not JJ Watt. AJ mm-hmm. Green looked kind of done. And I saw something today. I think the starters only have one guy in the secondary who has any NFL starts, or yeah. at least at cornerback. I saw, um, I'd have to look that up, but um, there was one guy on the team who had who had any starts. So, you know, and then there's a cl- the Cliff Klingsbury effect. Um, I, I don't think he's, he's, he's a very good coach. So, I, look, they, they don't scare me at all, at all. And, and I think the Niners could probably sweep them, and I'm going to go with a win here. So the Kyler Murray thing kind of does scare me because he, I don't think he's as good as people say he is, to be very honest. Like, I, I don't think he's a very good passer. I think that he, a lot of, he gets by a lot with athleticism and just kind of like off script plays. But Cliff Kingsbury is such a bad coach, like you said. So God, I mean, I want to pick them to win, but I'm like looking at the schedule right now. I'm like, all right, like I can't keep picking them to win because they're going to lose. They're, they're, you, have, you have to find losses on the schedule, right? Right. So, God damn it. Okay, I'm going to say they win. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm looking at the schedule, too. I glanced ahead a little bit, and yeah. I got to find losses, too. I'm, look, I know I just sounded like doom and gloom a little while ago, but I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm kind of like WWWW. So yeah. we'll see. All right. Now, here comes the bye week, and then a game I'm really looking forward to is against the clan kind of pay attention to the Colts a little bit Colts and the bills are kind of teams that I kind of pay attention to um, and follow them Colts can be really good this year or they look can be cursed because like this preseason they've had all these injuries and COVID and it's been really crazy but if Wentz takes a step forward or he's the Wentz that he used to be and the offensive line is intact they got some of these pass rushers coming in they could be really good really good um, man, you know what? I'm going to give the, I'm going to give the Niners a loss here. I'm going to say they're four and two. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, 
I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give him a loss too because the Colts, I feel like, again, it depends on the quarterback. And if Wentz is there, that's such an underrated team, man. That's a team that not enough people talk about. And they've got so many talented players on their team, like Leonard and like T.Y. Hilton. And they've got good, like a good running back committee going. And it's just a matter of like quarterback health, right? And the, again, their defense as a whole is pretty good. With Defoe in the middle, our friend in the middle. It's a really good group, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say the first loss comes October 24th, in, All right. in the nighttime game. Yes, yep, it'd be a fun game either way. Yeah. All right, Halloween week eight, they play the Chicago Bears there at Chicago. I would love for this to be Justin Fields against Trey Lance. We'll see <laughs> where we are at that point. Um, but I'll tell you what, if it's Andy Dalton with that shaky Bears line, the Niners are gonna eat. I'm not worried about this team at all. Matt Nagy's offense, give me a break. Uh, I got the Niners winning this game on the road. I mean, Matt Nagy's a joke. He's an absolute joke as a coach. And if you're going just coach by coach, and if everybody is mostly healthy for this game, even if it's Justin Fields, I think that the Niners win this game too. And again, like this is this is a matter of personal pride for me, right? Because like my wife is from Chicago, so you know, like I know a lot of people that are Bears fan. The, the Niners have to win for my my personal pride, right? So I'll be selfish with that. All right, so. Week nine, we have the Cardinals at home. Oh, man, do I want to do a split here? I don't know. I just, the Cardinals don't scare me. No, they're not, they're not going to split. They're, right. they can't, uh, they're not going to split. Like, look, Kingsbury's a terrible coach. Like, the Cardinals, it's just a matter of, t- of time until he gets fired. And even Kyler Murray, like, he's starting to struggle with really basic things. Like, that's why the Niners were able to steal one down there last year. Because Kyler Murray struggled and he was he was not able to win a game. Like I mean, yeah, like I'm not scared of the Cardinals at all. At that point, their veterans are going to start breaking down. It's like you're getting through the middle or the latter half half of the season in November. Like yeah, they're, they're yeah they're going to start breaking down. Okay, I want to say halfway point, but there's 17 games this year, so oh, that's true. I'm that's, at I'm at six and two. You're at seven and one. All right, the next game is at home against the Rams. Again, I feel like the Niners, if you're good, you are splitting with the Rams. Yeah. So I will do a win because it's at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go another, another nighttime game. So I'm going to go win prime time, probably throwback reds. So yeah, Niners win. Okay. And the next right. week, just mark that out as a win. That's just like yeah, yeah. Jacksonville. I think they're going to be Urban. <laughs> I think Urban Meyer just screams uh, train wreck to me. And Trent Balky too, right? So yeah, that's a win. Right. Oh hope- yeah. Tram- oh my God, the Balky Bowl. Yeah, I hope they win by seventy. Oh, I, <laughs> I can't wait for that. Yeah. All right, so I got them at eight and two, and you got them at nine and one right now. Yeah. It's a really good record. All right, then I'm going to say eight and two. Huh? Hold on, let me look. This is where we get a little issue. I'm going to give them a loss against the Vikings. Really? The, the Kirk Cousins, like, revenge game? You think that you think he's going to come through if he's I, still the I, I don't. I, I don't, but I feel like they're not. I'm looking at the schedule, and I don't think they're going to go 13-4. and four. No. So I feel like i got to give losses somewhere. I'm, I'm going to give them a loss in this Vikings game. They're going to look ahead to Seattle, at Seattle, and they're going to lose this game. I got, I got a couple coming. So, no. I'm going to say they, they win against the Vikings. I think this is personal for Kyle, like beating Kirk Cousins. And, you know, if, if Jimmy's a starter at that point, I think it's personal for him too because his uh, second season as a starter, the first game in Minnesota, like he, you know, they kind of got embarrassed up there. So I'm going to say the Niners win this game. 
All right. December 5th. This is, I said, they're going to split with Seattle. So I got to give them a loss. The Niners are losing two games in a row. Huge game in December. It's a nighttime game, primetime game. And I'm with you. Seattle doesn't lose in December at home, man. They don't. Like Pete Carroll's teams, they, they just don't lose in December, especially in the nighttime game. Some, something stupid happens. And it's funny because we say this now, but like come that day in December, December 5th, we're probably going to be pissed because some stupid ball bounce happened where it bounced off a guy's head. And then oh, you're going to be furious. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be just ranting about this and ended up in Tyler Lockett's hands for the game winning touchdown with like one second left on the clock. And the Niners were winning by 20 points and they somehow blew the lead through a series of bad calls and bad bounces. You know how it goes in Seattle, right? So I'm going to, I'm just going to say that the Niners lose that game and I'm going to be pissed after that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Week 14, you got a one o'clock game, three out of four on the road now against the Bengals. That's I right. don't think, yeah, I don't think there's any way they're going to lose to the Bengals. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't know what Burrow is right now. He had, he had a, a decent start last week, got hurt, but I just don't know what he is right now. So I'm going to say, yeah, that they win that game. All right. And then the Falcons also, I, I'm not really sure what the Falcons are going to be this year. I think that's probably an easy win at home. Yeah. No Julio Jones. The Falcons are done. They're done. Uh, although Kyle Pitts though, right. It'll be kind of interesting to see him, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I think he's going to be, a, he's going to be solid, man. I think he's going to be a really good player. All right. Yeah. This game, I think the Tennessee Titans have a chance to be really good this year. Yeah. Really good. You got Julio, you got Brown, you got Derrick Henry. Tannehill is better than people give him credit for. I think they're going to be a solid team. And what am I at? Four losses. I'm giving the Niners another loss here. Yeah, me too. Like they're, they're so good. Again, Julio Jones, his former team the previous week, his current team this, that, that second week. And that's really like Julio Jones and AJ Brown. My God. I mean, find a better one, two tandem right now in the NFL than that. Like that is a solid one, two tandem, wide receiver. And I think that again, it, it'd probably be close. But I think that the Titans will pull that off. That's that to me is a serious playoff, possibly Super Bowl contending team. The Titans are they're they're that yeah. Good. I agree. I agree. I don't think enough people are talking about them. I think I think they're they have they have a definitely a chance to be in the FC Championship game. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Texans. They're going to be a shit show. It's a win. <laughs> what a mess. I mean, Deshaun Watson. I don't know. I don't even know if he's going to be a Texan at that point. They'll probably be in rebuilding mode. They don't have draft picks. They'll probably have a fire sale. So yeah, I think that's that's yeah. That what their franchise is just in complete disarray. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then the Rams the last week. Let's say the game means something. I said they were going to split, so I, I got to give them a loss there. Yeah, I think it's a loss too. I don't think the game will mean anything. I think basically it'll be like playoff positioning will be wrapped up at that point. I say this every year. I think Seattle's due for a step back. I say it every year. I think that really the Niners can win this division. I think that not enough people are talking about them. They're focused too much on Stafford and the Rams, focused too much on DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and Jamal Adams and his giant contract for a pass rusher. I think a lot of people are selling the Niners short. I think the Niners have a chance to win the division, and I think they'll end up 13-4. and four. All right, so I think, yeah, and I think that's about, I had them at 6, you might have had them at 12-5. and five. I don't know if you had them at 12-5 yeah. or 13-4, and four, but yeah, one of the two. And then I had them at 11-6, and six, which might be a little hard on them. But I think they're in that range. I think they're in their 11 and 12 win range, which is fine. You're going to be in the playoffs. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and look, this team is, has, has been in the playoffs only four times in the last 18 years. So I don't think we're being hard on them. I think that's about where they're going to be. 11, 12 wins. If it's a really good year, 13 wins. Yeah. That, that's sort of where I think they're going to be. And that's fine. So that's exciting. If they can actually do that this year, that's, that's pretty exciting. And they're going to be in the dance. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah. And you're right, 12 and 5. Because that was one game. I had we there's one game where we where we picked that was different. Um, so I think uh, I think yeah, 
when it comes down to what's going to happen, because look, at some point, Trey's going to start, right? He's going to start one of these games or several of these games. Like Kyle's basically promised us that. And I think that when he's ready, he's going to come in and like Jimmy is Jimmy, right? He's not a superstar quarterback. We know that about him right now. He's a good quarterback, but he's not a superstar quarterback that can put the team on his back. So I don't think he's going to do enough to hold on to a starting job. And there's going to be a point later on in the season where you may see him struggle or they may in one of these games they're playing, it's like the Falcons or Titans or somebody that, sorry, the Falcons or uh, the Bengals where they should win by a lot and they're struggling maybe. And Kyle wants to see Trey, but you're going to see him at some point this season. It'll be really interesting to see like what, what game they bring him in. Maybe the Jaguars game um, or maybe one of these games, hopefully where they're up by like, 30 points and you just bring him in for some snaps at the end, but it'll be really interesting to see. And I think that if it's a situation like Colin Kaepernick, right, where you had a team that was really good already and you kind of throw some gasoline on this fire that people haven't seen before. And all of a sudden they take off. It'll be interesting to see if they have a similar effect. Man, this in this schedule is looking easier to me right now than I did before. <laughs> I'm looking, look at that, like legitimate playoff teams. I mean, I know anything can happen, but, Packers are a playoff team. Seahawks are a playoff team. Colts, I think, are a playoff team. Rams are a playoff team. Titans are a playoff team. So they're really only playing five playoff teams, and the Vikings can go either way. But, yeah, I mean, the Lions stink. The Eagles stink. I don't like the Cardinals. The, I don't like the Bears. The Jaguars stink. The Bengals probably stink. The Falcons will probably stink. Texans are a joke. It's like eight teams on your schedule that are a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. You know what? You know, the schedule is looking a little bit better to me right now. Knock on wood, everybody stays healthy. Prayer circle yeah, for the 49ers health, man. Everybody stays healthy. And, and I think that they can go and run. Like, uh, you're starting to hear whispers from the national media, which I'd love to criticize, but the national media has been talking about like how the Niners are definitely a, a contending team that people aren't talking enough about because of the fact that, you know, they've got Trey Lance now and Jimmy with this new dynamic, and you've got depth at certain positions that you didn't have before. And you've got like, you've got a third place schedule now, right? So it's, it's a little bit easier than it would have been had they been healthy last year and, and gone on what I think a playoff run. So real quick before we wrap it up, what'd you think of this Mac Jones thing? So God, Mac Jones, man. So I think that the issue with, with all of this is that we knew that Mac Jones was the most pro ready quarterback coming out of the class outside of Trevor Lawrence. We knew that. And the whole second guessing of the Niners getting Trey Lance versus Mac Jones, like I just think that's such BS. That all of that, like we knew what was we knew what we had when we drafted Trey Lance. We knew what Mac Jones would be. And everything is going according to according to plan. And the fact that Mac Jones is starting, good good for him, awesome. First of all, preseason, like I don't take too much stock into that. It'll be right. interesting to see what he does when with live bullets. I'm not surprised that he's starting because again, like he's he was one of the more polished quarterbacks coming out. The issue with Mac Jones is that his ceiling isn't high. It's not higher than any of the other quarterbacks. He had the lowest ceiling, but also the highest floor. So the Niners didn't need that because that's essentially what Jimmy Garoppolo is, right? He's got like a high floor, low ceiling. So the reason why they, we have to remember why they went with Trey Lance in the first place, because you wanted somebody different than Jimmy. And Mac Jones is very similar to what Jimmy brings you in the skill set. He's limited. He needs things schemed up for him. And he operates well within that scheme. So I think when we look at Mac Jones, we have to remember all of those things about him and not think of the sense sensationalization of like, Oh, he's starting and Trey Lance is not. So therefore it's a, it's a, it's a bad pick. So basically I'm saying like, 
you know, I'm cool with Grant, so I can say this. I'm like, don't listen to Grant Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, my thing with Jones, too, it's like, my issue was never that Mac Jones wasn't going to be a good player. I thought he could have been a good player. My issue yeah. was that people were saying that the Niners are going to take him no matter what, and that was not the case. Obviously, they didn't take him. That was always my issue. So it was like, oh, they traded up to take Mac Jones. It wasn't necessarily Mac Jones. It was that everybody was not telling the truth. Like, that wasn't the case. Um, and, and I don't think Mac Jones was somebody you take at three. Lance has the ceiling of a, of a player you take at three. And who knows? Jones may end up being a turf player, too. I, I, I think all five of these QBs are going to be good. I think this is one of the rare years where all the quarterbacks are going to be good. Really do. Mm-hmm. Like, all these guys can be pro bowlers. All these guys can maybe, you know, have their teams in the playoff on every single year. I think they're all going to be good. So there was no wrong way to go for teams that were picking quarterbacks. If the Niners stayed at 12, I think they were going to take Jones. I don't think there was any yeah. way, way around that. Um, I just thought he, there was, they weren't going to take him at three. They didn't. And what was being said out there was irresponsible in a lot of ways because people were saying it as a certain, and it yeah. wasn't. That was my thing with it. But I, listen, I, don't care. I hope it is fine. Good for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, in the Cam Newton stuff, you know, I think Cam is done. Um, Belichick said it didn't have anything to do with the vaccine and I'm not going to get political, but, um, you know, I think Bill's the type of guy who wants to win football games above all else. Mm -hmm. And if somebody was kind of putting him in a weird position, not be able to do that, I think he's just going to be like, see ya, unless you're absolutely, you know, a necessity to the team. And I don't think Cam played enough to be a necessity. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like you said, when, you know, when it's when it's for real and the defenses are throwing stuff at him to see how he does but yeah look and it's it's good for the league it's going to be interesting and and all five of these guys are going to be playing sooner than later and it's it's a really fun quarterback class and it's really good for the future of the nfl a league that's interesting constantly and and, and let's go man I can't, I can't wait to see these guys on the field yeah it's gonna be fun and and i think that's a really that's a really good place for us to end too because it's like man like you know we talk so much about like you know what these guys are going to do and and projections and all this stuff. But I'm, I'm just like really excited to, for the season. I'm excited to see what these guys can do. So I had to see the healthy Niners team. So I'm going to, I'm going to end with that thought, man. I'm just going to end on the high note right there. Absolutely. And Zane and I both predict a win for week one, uh, unless something crazy happens. We probably won't do a show probably till after the first week of the season. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you then after the Niners crush the lions, I'm going to say 31 to 10. My there prediction, Zane. I'm going to say 27 to 14. Oh, you think it's going to be that close, huh? Uh, I mean, they'll get a garbage touchdown at the end. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. All right, until next time, for Zane, this is Al. See ya.